All right. Friday afternoon, UFC Vegas 32 weigh-ins. I've just finished and uh, trying out a new thing here. I'm going to do probably uh, every week. Friday afternoon for these weigh-ins. Instant reactions. And uh, we'll give the final takes, the final looks for uh, this pretty stacked UFC Vegas 32 card. Of course, headlined Corey Sandhagen versus TJ Dillashaw, uh, bantamweight. Just a great bantamweight fight. What's up, guys? Uh, yeah, so great bantamweight fight is the headliner for UFC Vegas 32. Uh, yeah, follow along pretty much every single social media platform, Combat Odds HQ on Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, freaking TikTok, uh, CombatOdds.ca for content for combat sports betting from uh, from every angle. And then for your best bets for not only uh, tonight's card, or sorry, for tomorrow's card, but also even for tonight's card, we have uh, some BKFC tonight that uh, we got a best bet out for. And uh, another thing, if you like what you see here, if uh, this is something that you would be into doing, the promo code StreamYard, you know, this whole setup is uh, set up by StreamYard. Good, good, just a really good beginner company for live streaming. And uh, promo link at the bottom, $10 off, tinyurl.com, combat odds, HQSY. And, uh, yeah, support them, support us. So, yeah, let's get right to it. So everybody made weight. We had to wait up a little bit for Brennan Allen. He was uh, the only one that wasn't in, like, the long parade of uh, fighters that came out. So, uh, you know, everyone looked good except for uh, one fighter that I'll get to very shortly. But, uh, you know, as far as the main event looked, uh, every fighter looked good. Again, they all made weight. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, leave your comments in the chat and uh, we'll get right to it. I have some just some general uh, questions that I got on patreon and from twitter so as always i'll throw uh i'll throw that up and to start so yeah obviously biggest takeaways from the weigh-ins uh my first biggest takeaway was i thought see uh sajara eubanks looked super sucked out she did not look uh she did not look in good shape that was my initial reaction to that you know, as far as what stuck out the most. Uh, beyond that, as far as the biggest takeaway, I guess having to, you know, being able to just see that five-inch differential in height between Sanhagen and uh, Dillashaw is, you know, it's it's pretty interesting. You know, it's pretty interesting, too. They're, you know, Sanhagen five inches taller but only has a two inch reach advantage. So, you know, uh, 
Dillashaw is quite a long reach for being such a relatively short guy. Um, yeah, but beyond that, I don't know. It was pretty much business as usual. Uh, like I said, the height differential between Sanhagen and Dillashaw stuck out quite a bit. And then, like like I said, Sierra Eubanks. And uh, she just did not look – she looked very suck out, sucked out. That was uh, – usually she's she just looks a bit fuller. And uh, uh, coming in at flyweight, that's pretty rough. So, yeah, I'm going to just look at the tail of the tape in that fight, the second fight of the night. It says bantamweight on topology, but it's definitely a flyweight fight. Uh, Sarge and Elise Reed, Elise Reed making her – UFC debut. Yeah, both coming in at 125 on the nose. <clears throat> CR Eubanks, 36 years old. Elise Reed, 28 years old. I'm telling you, <clears throat> this is uh, this is an interesting spot. I like Elise Reed quite a bit here, to be honest. Like, do I think that do I think that uh, C.R. Eubanks wins this fight? Yeah. Do I think that Elise Reed should be, you know, um, three to one underdog? I don't think I don't think C.R. Eubanks should be uh, minus three fifty five favorite to anybody in the UFC. You telling me that? Uh, Elise Reed only has a 25% chance of winning this fight. I mean, it's not my strongest play of the night, obviously, but uh, like after seeing how she looked on the scales there, that uh, that makes me even more. Uh, yeah, if anybody's betting, if anybody's betting CR Eubanks, you know, parlaying her up or anything like that, I would highly. Highly advise against doing that. Biggest favorite on the card here. She's eight and eight as an MMA fighter. Her her she's sub five hundred in the UFC. Um, sorry, she's six and six. At least Reed undefeated. I know very you know very little experience in making her UFC debut against a veteran like C.R. Eubanks, but come on. C.R. Eubanks coming in as a sizable favorite, looking incredibly sucked out today at uh, weigh-ins. So that's, I would say that's my biggest takeaway uh, between those those guys. Um, what else can I say? So Kyler Phillips, Came in at 135 and a half pounds against uh, Raleigh and Paiva, also 135 and a half. That's a that's a pretty great fight. Um, let's take a look here. <clears throat> okay, so Kyler Phillips three and zero in the UFC, two wins by decision. Uh, Paiva. 
He's won. He's got one stoppage victory to his name in the UFC. He's got one stoppage loss. He's gone. He's gone the distance in half of his fights. Two of them have gone decision. Two of them ended in stoppage. Uh, this is a, this is a pretty interesting one in this uh, co-main event. I like Kyler Phillips here, but I feel like you definitely have to parlay him up if you're going to be betting him in this spot. So you got to be you got to be very selective with what you're going to pair him up with. Um. Yeah, I like uh, I like Kyler Phillips here. As far as the total goes, it's I I would lean. You know, it's kind of hard because Pivas has shown his ability to finish fights and has been finished himself. Kyler Phillips, you know, undefeated and uh, two wins by decision, but has also a stoppage win to his name as well. Um. So that's pretty interesting. I would lean that the fight goes the distance in this one. You could probably make a case for betting Kyler Phillips by decision, which let's see here. What would that be? So a $100 better who has bet Kyler Phillips by decision in his career in the UFC since his 2020 UFC debut is up $450 with a two and one record. And uh, again, three, no in the UFC with a plus 3.34 unit profit on the money line. So let's take a look at what Phillips would be by decision. And then something that I've talked about before, many times Phillips wins by decision is about even money. See, I don't think that's worth it. It's also a correlated parlay, which <clears throat> I'm not a big fan of. It's also co correlated parlay, which I'm not a big fan of, which I've talked about before. If you're betting somebody by decision and they win the fight by stoppage, it's you're, you're kind of getting middled. And I really don't like doing that. So something I would much prefer to do in this type of situation is to just bet Phillips on the money line in, uh, you know, a positive EV parlay, meaning laying two units on it. So you got to win both your bets. Or not, not necessarily betting, or not necessarily wagering two units, but just if one of your units is a, you know. A, uh, if one of your picks is a 1% pick and one of your picks is a, another 1% pick, you should bet 2% because you're combining. It's a combo bet, not necessarily a parlay. Um, and again, you got to be very selective with that. You'll rarely see me betting uh, um, any more than a two-leg parlay. And, you know, it just, it's got to be a, it's got to be a positive EV play. Ryan, what's up? Thank you, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for watching. Okay, so yeah, with uh, Kyler Phillips, I would say my honest opinion, best thing to do here would be to uh, parlay parlay Kyler Phillips on the money line. It's kind of steep, sitting at um, best odds of minus two sixty five right now. Uh, kind of steep, but. He's looked the matrix. He's looked really good. Uh, this is a pretty good spot for him. I think 
Paiva. He's two and two in his last four. Pretty young guy. They're both pretty young guys. I don't know. Or sorry, I meant I said that uh, Kyler Phillips is undefeated. He's not undefeated. He's he's three and zero in the UFC, but uh, nine and one as a professional. Which is, uh, yeah, he's a he's a treat to watch. You know, he's getting elevated now to the co-main event, so he's probably going to put on a show. And uh, you know, the best, the probably the best, the most profitable, uh, you know, the most the best value prop that I can say in this fight is Kyler Phillips by decision, but it's pick your poison there. You're better off. Like I just, in my personal opinion, the way that I bet and the way that I, uh, uh, allocate my, you know, my predictions and convert my predictions into wagers. I would much rather just bet Phillips on the money line in a combo bet and then, uh, bet the over, uh, but even you know, fight goes the distance. Yes, is minus one eighty eight. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Okay. Next fight. Uh, next fight on the card. Uh, we had Darren Elkins come in at one hundred and forty six pounds. He's coming in as the plus one thirty underdog against Derek Minner, who came in at 145 and a half pounds. Both guys look pretty good. Darren Elkins, I think, was like the third uh, third last fighter to, to hit the scales. Both look good. Darren Elkins kind of looked a, a little bit uh, exhausted, but uh, just on a snap judgment there for me. Uh, with this fight... Uh, Elkins is four and four in his last eight in the UFC with three of his last four wins coming inside the distance. And then Derek Minner two and one since coming into the UFC last year uh, with one inside the distance win and one win by decision. Uh, let's see here. This is another one. I definitely think, I think that Minner is is uh, definitely there's some good value on Minner here. Uh, the problem is uh, Darren Elkins has been pretty. Uh, whenever he's an underdog, he's performed like one of these stats that I had to kind of just like look. I had to double take on a hundred dollar better who has bet Darren Elkins inside the distance in his last eight fights dating back to 2017 is up $1,565 with three stoppage wins. So you went three and five for plus 15.65 units. Uh, so that's like you're cashing at 11 to one odds uh, and just huge odds that every time that he ends up winning a fight by stoppage, that makes me a little bit hesitant to back Minner here. But at the same time, uh, it's just, different trajectories of these two guys career. I talked about this on the, uh, uh, the, the bloodshed post show. And I talked about it in the Q and a on Wednesday, Derek Minner is, uh, he's just a high IQ fighter. Now, now that he's joined, uh, James Krause. And, uh, I think he's not going to stand and bang with Darren Elkins, 
and that's that's Darren Elkins' path to victory is to you know just just go toe to toe and brawl. He's a brawler, right? Uh, you know, but with Derek Minner coming out of Glory, uh, Glory MMA, I just think he's gonna do. He's gonna it's gonna be a wrestle heavy game plan. If he needs to bank around, right? If it's two to two going into the third, he's not gonna stand and bang, right? He's gonna take him down, and he's gonna secure that third round. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically it for me. And uh, here's a free pick. So. Like I said, uh, hit up the Patreon if you if you want any of the the best bets for this card. I got quite a few of them, but I got some free picks too, and this is one of them. Elkins and Minner over two and a half rounds minus one twenty five. I think that's a solid play. Uh, uh, yeah, I I, I think that. The, the longer this fight goes, the more that it's going to favor Derek Minner. And I feel like Minner is just going to suffocate uh, Darren Elkins. Definitely take the fight to the mat uh, the, or, you know, against the cage. Just, you know, it's probably going to be a boring fight. And I'm gonna, if you have uh, money on the over, it's uh, probably not. It's, you know, whenever you have an over and it's a boring fight, it's it's not a bad thing. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my take on that fight. The next one, oh, this is pretty much the feature bout for me. Macy Barber coming in 125 and a half pounds, and as the plus 125 underdog against Miranda Maverick, also at 125 and a half pounds as the minus 145 favorite. And look, we've talked about this one all week. Uh, we've talked about this one for a couple months, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what what else, what more there is to say. We look at Macy Barber. She's 4-2 and two in the UFC. Two losses by decision. All four of her wins inside the distance. Uh, but both times that she's lost uh, by decision, you've, you've cashed at, you know, big, big multiple unit, you know, <laughs> Cashed that big uh, three to one and four to one odds uh, on Barber, you know, on Modafferi by decision and Grosso by decision, even including the four losses, just still super profitable. And uh, Macy Barber, look inside the distance, she's been, she's four and two, all four of her wins. She's got a hundred percent stoppage rate with all four of her wins coming inside the distance of the UFC. Uh, but she's going against Miranda Maverick, who is uh, you know two and zero in the UFC, but uh, one stoppage, one decision, and this girl is is I think she, I I you know I've, I said this a couple of times and I got some flack for it in the comments, but you know Man, Miranda Maverick is on a different is on another level than Macy Barber. Macy Barber is I don't know what it is. I know that she's moved to another camp. There's news about that. Uh, so she'll probably have a new wrinkle to her game, hopefully for her. But uh, based on what we've seen, Miranda Maverick is uh, a solid look here. And I the the difference is, and uh, I've had to just like talk this one out a few a couple times because I don't think that Maverick is going to be able to get a stoppage. You know, a lot of the time, you know, these flyweight fights, I'll. Uh, 
uh, I'll always uh, you'll you'll be hard pressed to find a, a women's flyweight fight that I'm not gonna bet the under on. Uh, the under in these flyweight fights, not as much as strawweight, but the under in these flyweight fights, especially these uh, the ones between ranked fighters. Um, not that this one is, but um, tons of value. Twenty and thirty-three to the under in the women's flyweight division for just under four units over the last year and a half uh, since 2020, 37.7% uh, on the under in the women's flyweight division. Uh, so obviously you got to pick your spots, but it's, there's sometimes, especially in that uh, um, uh, um, the other women's fight that we'll get to, you know, you're looking at plus 300 on an under and uh, you know, these fights, it's not bantamweight, right? In bantamweight, we've seen a crazy trend towards the over. We're only like uh, that Misha Tate fight was like only the second fight in the women's bantamweight division to not go the distance um, in like a year and a half or to not go over the total. I don't know necessarily about going the distance, but anyways, the value is on the under in a lot of these uh, in a lot of these flyweight bouts in this division, just because you know some of these girls have the ability to stop their opponents and the market thinks that, you know, it's a women's fight. It's going to for sure go the distance. Uh, but anyways, Macy Barber's super tough. That's the one thing that I can't take away from her apart from her uh, spinning, you know, wheel kicks that are going to miss by 10 feet and her shadow boxing uh, uh, against Alexa Grasso from 10 feet away and stuff like that. She's still super tough, and uh, I don't think that Maverick is going to be able to stop her. But I want to be surprised, and I'm very confident that she wins this fight. All right. Yeah, Macy is extremely tough. That's why, you know, this is different. I don't see, uh, you know, normally I'd be advocating for you to take uh, – for people to take on an under here and we'll talk about a spot that i do like an under in the in a women's fight on this card but this one i feel like got two super tough ladies uh so yeah i i, I would steer clear of uh even the over because honestly like i said barber all all four barbers wins are inside the distance uh i this is another type of those one of those fights where the longer it goes, the more it's going to favor Maverick. Barber's got to go out there and uh, kind of just blow through her, you know, go basically what got her to the dance the first uh, few times that she showed up. She's got to go back to that, that just aggressive style. Yeah, I don't see the finish. Ryan Ramstack. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um. Okay, let's move on to another fight. Uh, Mickey Gall comes in at 169.5 pounds, plus 150 underdog against Jordan Williams, 170.5, minus 170 favorite. Not uh, not super excited about this one. Uh, I will say this. I do like um, – here's another free pick, just a 1% play. I do like Gall – Williams over two and a half rounds at uh, just about even money. I got it at minus 102, but you could probably get it at even money at some books. Uh, 
yeah, I don't see either of these guys getting a stoppage. Uh, and because of that, I feel like this fight's a lot closer than the odds indicate. Uh, <laughs> not, not a whole lot to be impressed with by either of these guys. As far as, you know, comparing them to elite-level welterweights. Uh, excuse the streetcar noise, if you can hear that streetcar talking to us. So, yeah, Gall is 2-3 and three in his last five. And uh, Jordan Williams is 2-2-1 two, two and one in his last five. A 6-3 and three fighter against a 9-4 and four fighter. Uh, this is, you know, not taking... No disrespect to either of these guys, but this is about this is about as as, as low level of you of, of a USC fight as you'll get. Um, not super desirable, but uh, yeah, I will say this, man, Mickey Gall. Uh, you know, I yeah, I don't know if he should be that big of an underdog. I feel like this fight is a lot closer. I'm thinking, you know, if this fight. You know, kind of a coin flip price uh, for this fight to go over the betting total. The market thinks it's, you know, a 50% proposition for it to go over the betting total. And then, you know, most of the time when you're, when the market is expecting a fight like this to go the distance and there's such a huge separation in the odds, when, you know, Jordan Williams is a nine and four fighter, it's not like he's going to be able to put on a, a clinic, right? Like I, He's not been. He's not. He's not. He hasn't shown anything of like a. An, uh, I can't see him pitching a shutout, right? He's got vulnerabilities, and if he's got vulnerabilities, and there's a chance, a good enough chance, fifty percent chance, based on the odds that this fight goes the distance. Based on that, I do see a little bit of value on Mickey Gall, plus one sixty five. Might have just talked myself into a pick. All right, so Mickey Gall plus one sixty five, and uh, over two and a half rounds minus one hundred two. Chalk that up to one uh, percent plays, free picks, and uh, yeah, if you want, uh, hit up for all my best bets for UFC uh, Vegas thirty two. I give out a bunch of free picks. I'm going to post them later on this afternoon. The best bets will always be out with the free picks on uh, combatodds.ca. But, uh, you know, my Patreon is $5 US uh, a month. Uh, no, sorry, it's $5 Canadian a month. So it's $4.50 US a month. And uh, you get, I got like nine best bets for this fight. My record's at the bottom. Uh, and you're just supporting us. You're supporting the uh, the effort here. So, uh, yeah, but I do give out, I'm going to have, if I have nine best bets, I probably got about 10 free picks. So yeah, hit that up. I'll be there at, uh, it'll be there probably later this afternoon with the betting trends for UFC Vegas 32. And, uh, another thing that we'll talk about, uh, very briefly, we got some, uh, we got some BKFC tonight and there's. There's one spot that I really like, and uh, I got a question about that in the Patreon. But anyways, we'll move on to um, biggest takeaways. We'll continue the next fight. This is a good one, man. Puna Haley Soriano against Brandon Allen. 
it's you got to mention Brendan Allen came in as like the last uh, uh, the fighter to hit the scale is 185 and a half pounds. You know, it's not like he came in at 186, so it's kind of interesting. I don't know if he was literally just late to getting there. Uh, middleweight bout. Uh, I it's as simple as this. I think Soriano's a better fighter here. I'm not, I, you know, I, you got to pick your spots. Even you got to pick your spots on what you're going to research. I left this one out of what I was going to like dive deep into just on a surface level. I think uh, Punahele Soriano is the better fighter. He's got more pass to victory. He's got more tools than Brendan Allen. Uh, and I think, you know, you're getting minus 120. I think that this is like the opposite where we're all we say, like, I think the odds are a lot closer than what the line is indicating. I think this is different. I think the, the separation between these two fighters is, is a lot bigger than the, uh, the line is indicating. It's basically a pick em fight, you know, depending where you're getting the odds from. Uh, but yeah, I like Soriano. And then this is another one market expects this one to finish quickly. Uh, over one and a half rounds is minus one eighteen. Under two and a, uh, under one and a half rounds, sitting at uh, plus one one fifteen. So market uh, the line is set that the market thinks that, uh, not necessarily that this is going to be a quick one, but it's not lined at two and a half rounds. It's lined at one and a half rounds. Um, I just remember Soriano blowing through Todorovic. That was super impressive. Um, just a little bit of live handicapping here. You know, looking at that was a first round victory, and then oh yeah, Brendan Allen. That I, I, his last fight was that fight against or no, his last loss was that fight against Sean Strickland, where he just he just pieced him up. Str Strickland just pieced him up. Um. Yeah, honestly, not super confident. Just uh, based based on just a gut call, and based on the numbers here, uh, middleweights not my favorite division. But uh, the, in these coin flip fights, the favorite it's it's sided a little bit sixty percent to the favorite in these coin flip fights, um, with a favorite of minus one fifty or better in the past seventeen months, eighteen and twelve for just uh, just under two units profit on the coin flip favorite at middleweight. Um, you know, again, like I said, I can't, I can't really uh, explain it any further besides uh, the odds. There, there's more of a separation between these two fighters than what the odds indicate, at least in my opinion. I think there's decent enough value on Soriano, but I'm not, uh, I'm not, Overly confident, but I'm confident enough to, you know, bet a small wager. But this is not uh, not a best bet by any means for me. Okay. <clears throat> Next one, Ian Heinish. I do like this one. Another middleweight fight. Uh, Ian Heinish coming in at 185 and a half pounds, minus 155 against Nasser Dean Imabov. Also at 185 and a half pounds, plus 135. Um, 
this one I broke down. <clears throat> Heinish is eight and four in his last 12 fights. Uh, going back to his LFA debut. And then uh, Imavov. Imavov, I believe, is one and one in the UFC. He's got one uh, decision loss. And then Heinish, uh, two wins by decision in the U.S. Uh, since his 2018 Dana White Contender Series uh, debut. Two wins by decision. Five of his seven fights have gone the distance. Uh, Heinish. And for me here, uh, I like Ian Heinish. I got him at minus 150. I don't like him at minus 155. I would... I wouldn't say that he would be something that I would use in a parlay. I like him just as a small 1% wager. Uh, besides that, I do think that the over two and a half rounds in this fight is a good look. It's kind of steep, but probably a, a, a decent parlay piece. You know, uh, I do. I do think that this fight goes the distance. These are, it's, a, it's kind of a style clash. You got minus 220 best odds on the over two and a half rounds. Fight goes the distance, yes. I see minus 160 on FanDuel. I'm in Canada. I can't bet on FanDuel. But if I could get minus 160 on fight goes the distance, yes, that would be a best bet for me. Um, but, yeah, I do like the over quite a bit in this fight. Okay, next one. Uh oh, this is it. This is the the people's main event, man. Adrian Yanez against Randy Costa. Uh Yanez came in at 135 and a half pounds, Costa at 135. This is a great fight. I'm super, super excited about. I'm super excited about this one. I'm just gonna go back, Ryan. <clears throat> Gall was beating Perry on the feet. I think Gall might take this one. Yeah, I haven't seen anything to be overly impressed with uh, uh, Jordan Williams. Obviously, I haven't seen anything over, to be overly impressed with uh, Mickey Gall. But like I said, the mark you kind of letting the I kind of let the numbers. I, I pick my spots and where I want to do my research and where I want to find the best bet on. And this is, you know, kind of one where it's more you're looking at it from the surface. And I you kind of just let the numbers do the handicapping for you. This fight, you know, the market kind of 50-50 proposition that this fight goes over two and a half rounds. I'm talking about Mickey Gall and uh, Jordan Williams. and But there's a big separation between the two of them. Uh, you know, Williams minus 170, Gall plus 150. If this if the market expects that 50% of the time these guys fight, it goes over two and a half rounds. Uh, I can't see a situation where Jordan Williams just pitches a 3-0 shutout. He's going to have vulnerabilities. Mickey Gall, uh, you know, not not the best. Not Like I said, this is as low level of, U, of a UFC fight you probably get. But uh, I think that the odds are, I think that this fight's a lot closer than the odds indicate. Might as well take a shot at uh, Mickey Gall. I'm always, uh, you know, the the uh, another benefit of the Patreon is that I have, like, my stakes. 
uh, showing, you know, what bets I'm conf super confident on and what bets are more value plays. You should always have more staked in the bets that you're confident on and less staked on the bets that are more value plays, right? Like uh, a full unit play on a play that you're confident on and like a 1%, less than, a, less than half a unit, less, you know, a fourth of a unit on a play like this, like Mickey Gall. But yeah, I do like Mickey Gall here. Uh, okay, yeah, Yanez and Costa. This is this is my pick for probably fight of the night. This is going to be a, a great one. I'm super excited. Uh, Yanez three zero in the octagon since his uh, Dana White's Contender Series uh, debut back last year. Randy Costa two and one in the UFC. Two wins inside the distance. This there, you know. Clash of styles in the best way here, where you know Costa's just a wild man comes out, got looping shots, rushes in, just uh, you know, unorthodox. Uh, I, I'm not even. I would, yeah, he's just he's a wild man. Yanez is a precision striker. Uh, he's he's got a wrinkle of kickboxing and grappling to his game, but overall this guy's just a God given ultra talented boxer. I can't get over just how good this guy is with setting up combinations, range management, uh, everything. He's just, just a treat. This guy is unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I feel like this is one uh, Yanez Costa, uh, the, the, the total is sitting at uh, one and a half rounds. Um, I don't, I'll say this. I don't think this fight goes the distance. Fight goes the distance. No, at like minus 210 between these two guys, probably a decent uh, parlay spot, in my opinion. Yanez has taken some pretty serious money. Uh, he was like the minus 180 favorite a couple days ago. Now he's minus 225. But yeah. Uh, oh, so money has come in. Money has come in on the under. Because this, I saw this under sitting at uh, like minus minus one fifty over over one and a half rounds, and under one and a half rounds is at plus one forty five. Now, uh, over one and a half rounds is minus one twenty five. Under one and a half rounds, plus one oh five. So that's interesting. Some steam has come in on that under. Fight goes to distance. No, is now lined at minus two fifty. You know, that's a that's a parlay piece for me. I'm fairly confident that someone's uh, someone's getting stopped in this one. And this is just how I how I break it down. I wrote about this with uh, fan sided this week. Um, you could you know link to that on uh, CombatOdds.ca. It just comes down to this. If Costa comes rushing in on Yanez, uh, he's got uh, – he's just a precision striker. He's he's going to be able to, you know, use <coughs> – he's going to be able to use Costa's movement against him. And uh, the thing about Yanez is he needs that. He needs his opponent to bring it – to bring the – the uh to bring the pressure that's a part of his mo and i feel like this is just a tailor-made fight 
for uh, for Yanez to be able to uh, get himself a uh, a highlight reel knockout, to be honest, because taking nothing away from Randy Costa, he's got nothing on uh, Adrian Yanez when it comes to just his overall striking mechanics, striking skill. Uh, Yanez is, like I said, he's got God-given talent when it comes to his boxing. Costa's super tough. He's got hands of stone, but the problem is, is he's coming in with those looping shots where Yanez is everything else. Every single shot that he throws is just a precision, uh, you know, uh, super efficient and super effective. Uh, he, when he throws, he he rarely misses. You know, he's not out there going to brawl. He's he's and. The thing about it is boxing game is so good that it sets up those kicks and his kicks are deadly. Uh, again, Costa is super tough. Uh, it kind of seems like almost a stalemate that, that while, you know, while I, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the first few minutes of this fight are boring and then it just picks up at an exponential pace. The action just picks up at an exponential pace. But, uh, yeah, I don't think this fight goes the distance, and I like Adrian Yanez quite a bit here. Next fight, Julio Arce against Andre Ewell. Julio Arce, there it is, against Andre Ewell. Arce comes in uh, 135 and a half pounds. Uh, Ewell comes in at 135 pounds. Um, Arce, the minus 190 favorite against Andre Ewell. <coughs> And uh, I broke this one down pretty extensively. Andre Uhl, 5-3 and three in his last eight fights since his CES debut in 2018. And uh, Arce, he's got three wins by stoppage in the UFC. For some reason, I can't see what his... Um, UFC record is three wins by stoppage in the UFC. He's lost twice by decision in the UFC since his 2017 Dana White Contender Series debut. Um, Uhl has four of his seven wins. Uh, four of his um, four of his seven UFC fights were winning by decision. He's gone over the betting total of six of, in six of his seven fights. The fight has gone the distance in five of his seven UFC fights. Um yeah, I like I like Andre Ewell here. I think that there's some uh some good value on Andre Ewell. Plus one seventy-five I got him at. That's a free pick. Uh 1.2% play for me. I like Andre Ewell here. Uh yeah. I also like the over quite a bit. You look at this Andre Ewell, he's gone the distance in five of seven UFC appearances. Uh, Arce is lost by decision in uh, two of his six octagon appearances. I got uh, you're looking at the over over two and a half rounds. Probably a decent parlay piece. Probably Sinia um, somewhere in the mid minus two hundred minus one ninety five. I like that a lot. I feel like this is uh, a. <clears throat> I, I feel like this is a. A good enough, a good enough kind of. Uh, I'm not not a style clash, but I just I feel like this fight 
the output, there's a lacking of output between these two guys. So I feel like we might just see some uh, hugging and grabbing and stuff like that. Um, not to, you know, Arce do, does have three wins by stoppage in the UFC, but Andre Ewell is tough as nails, man. So I do like the over here. I'm not overly confident in Andre Ewell, like I said. Uh, free pick, value play, basically. But uh, Arce and Ewell... Uh, over two and a half rounds. I like that quite a bit. And fight goes to distance. Yes. Either one of those. I think there's some decent value. Uh, again, another one of those fights where the market is expecting this fight to go the distance. You got a pretty sizable underdog, uh, an Andre Uhl. Uh, and it, it comes down to if I got a, if I got a plus 180 underdog in a fight that's going to go the distance and it's two, it's one, one, going into the third round, win or lose, to be honest, as long as I have good bankroll management, I am happy with that outcome because it's just a coin flip at that point. And uh, you're probably, you're going to win more fights than you lose uh, with uh, that strategy, right? Where you pick these spots where, you know, if the market thinks it's going to go to the distance, you're getting plus 180 on a guy who's proven himself to be a, to win by decision as an underdog, I think Ool's uh, a decent spot. Okay, next fight. Yeah, this is the one. I don't know anything about Elise Reed. She's coming in at 125 pounds against Ciara Eubanks, uh, minus 355 favorite. That's uh, That's... That's a little bit ridiculous. I do see uh, something that I'm just thinking about. It says it says on Wikipedia, women's bantamweight fight. It's obviously a women's flyweight fight. I just got to check. CR Eubanks is normally a bantamweight, so she's cut she's cut down further, right? That uh, I'm just I'm just thinking about that. <clears throat> trying to see how many times she's fought at flyweight in her career. I mean, she's 36 years old. She's usually fighting at bantamweight, I believe. And now she decides to cut 10 pounds less. That seems a little bit odd to me. And she did not look good. She looked sucked out. She looked lean. Let's look here. So... Penny Kianzad was her last loss. That was at Bantamweight as a minus 145 favorite. Ketlin Vieira as an underdog, also at Bantamweight. Uh, Juliana Vela, she won that fight as a plus 230 underdog, also at Bantamweight. Okay, let's just see. Has she ever fought at Flyweight before? Aspen Ladd lost, Bantamweight, Roxanne Montefiore, Flyweight. Okay, so the last time that she fought at Flyweight was in 2018, three years ago. She was 33 years old then, and now she's coming in three years older, fought in how many fights? One, two, three, four, five, six fights at bantamweight and now she's cutting back down to flyweight for the first time and she's a minus 355 favorite 
She's a six and six fighter. She's not really good. She's kind of a cement head as far as her fight IQ goes, you know? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I honestly don't know a single thing about Elise Reed, but just based on, uh, just based on the reasons not to back, there's so many reasons not to back CR Eubanks here that you just eventually have to go the other way. And again, bankroll management, this is a free pick, like 100%. I would never give this as a best bet, but uh, I like me some Elise Reed here. She looked good on the scales, 4-0. She's, uh, um, she's a former champion in the, what is it, Cage Fury. Yeah, so 4-0. Not anything spectacular that I saw from her in her, in her fight tape. But she's a serviceable fighter, honestly. She's not anything special. I want to see about hers. What's her uh, weight cut situation? Has she always fought at flyweight? Let's see. Well, she fought at strawweight. Oh, man. Her last fight was at strawweight. So now she's moving up to 125. Fighting CR Eubanks is moving down to 125 as a as a 36-year-old who hasn't fought at flyweight in more than six years, she fought at – Elise Reed fought at uh, Adam Weight in Bellator in 2019. She's a pretty small girl. But still, man, Ciara Eubanks was looking lean, looking sucked out. That was uh, – you know, ask, asking me my takeaway, my biggest takeaway from the UFC Vegas 32 weigh-ins, 100% was just how sucked out and um, just not uh, not how she, not how CRU Banks typically looks. So uh, I gotta say, I like this spot. I think this is a win or lose. This is a good spot to bet to back Elise Reed. Pretty interesting little. Uh, yeah, anybody, I'll say this. Anybody who's bet anybody who's backing CR Eubanks in this spot, I gotta break it to you. You're a bit of a sucker. Okay. Do not bet CR Eubanks. Simple as that. <clears throat> and then the strawweight fight, Diana Belbita against Hannah Goldie. Belbita coming in at 114 and a half pounds, the plus 120 underdog. Actually, this fight, you get plus money on both sides in this fight. Pretty much a pick them. Belbita, plus 120. Best line that you can get on Hannah Goldie right now uh, at even money. She came in at 115 and a half. Uh, pretty, you know, pretty basic. Uh, I won't say lower level because the strawweight division is kind of shallow. These two, these two, gr- these two girls are uh, – um, you know, Belbita kind of didn't look very good in her last performance in the UFC. But I'll say, you know, these two girls uh, serviceable for sure. They're not out of they're not out of their class against each other in this fight at strawweight in the UFC. I think they both kind of. I think they both belong here. Uh, and then this one is super interesting. And I every time I see the stat, I cannot believe it. The under 
in the women's strawweight division over the past 17 months since January of 2020. The under has gone 17 and 24 for plus 8.3 units profit, 8.38 units profit, so almost 8.4 units. It's cashed at 41.5%. So think about that 17 stoppages, 17 stoppages in the women's straw weight division. Like, you know, the concept of like every women's fight goes the distance is just not true. <laughs> you know, and once you get that through your head as just a, a, a gambler and you're able to pick out your spots based on implied probability, uh, you know, you're you're able to you're able to take risks on these positive EV spots when you're when you're looking at a stat like this, you know, and I'll say this. Uh, Velbita and Goldie under two and a half rounds. You're getting plus two eighty five. Sign me up. You know, uh, you look at the the price, uh, the implied probability based on that trend, forty one and a half percent at seventeen and twenty four. That means that uh, any bet on the under two and a half rounds at plus one forty or better in the past seventeen months. Uh, sorry, in the past. 18 months uh, has been a positive EV play and we're getting plus 285. So uh, this is positive EV all day. That's a free pick for me. I'm laying 1.3% on Belbita and Goldie under two and a half rounds at a juicy plus 285. Uh, and then coin flip fight. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the, the fighter that I think, has the more tools, and that's Hannah Goldie. Hannah Goldie, uh, Diana Belbita kind of has a inflated record. Not the best competition. She's 13 and 6 as a pro. Hannah Goldie kind of, you know, look at her. She's a monster. Uh, for straw weight, she's, she's ripped. <laughs> this lady is ripped. And, uh, yeah, not a, not a best bet, but pretty close for me, just, uh, just in the way that uh again i feel like the separation between these two fighters is a lot bigger than what the odds are indicating i like hannah goldie in this spot okay 3 p.m uh you know last call for questions if anybody's got any questions about uh the card tonight and that or the card tomorrow and then that reminds me i'm going to talk about very quickly we got bkfc Tonight, uh, Paige Van Zant against against Rachel Ostovich. Um, to be honest, the that main event, the main event's tough to call. Not overly intrigued by it beyond just the spectacle of it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I don't think either of these girls are good enough to be boxing. Uh, at a professional level, they're both MMA fighters that have converted to boxing when it comes to just their overall striking ability. I think Paige Van Zandt's probably a little bit better. Rachel Ostovich is a serviceable fighter, but as far as like a, as far as a boxer, uh, I don't know. And it's her first, I think it's her first fight in this promotion 
Paige Van Zant's already kind of, you know, uh, gotten, you know, gotten through that uh, <coughs> against Bertain Hart, which I'll talk about in one second. But yeah, if you're asking me to make a prediction, I got some uh, questions about that on the Patreon. I got to say total pass for me in this main event at uh, BKFC. Just not, uh, I'm not, not intrigued, not intrigued by it from a gambling perspective really whatsoever. But I will say this. Bertain Hart, got to take Bertain Hart. She's, uh, She's really, really good. And against Jenny Savage, who's a BJJ black belt fighting in uh, bare knuckle boxing, think, I think she might be a little bit of a class. Some steam has come in on Brittain Hart now. She was at minus 250. Now she's at minus 285. Decent parlay spot, but ugh, that might have been, that's my, that might have, that may have been priced out now. And, uh, yeah. I do like Bertain Hart, though. I feel like she's easily going to win this fight. <laughs> she's definitely... I think Bertain Hart's like in a class of her own when it comes to uh, BKFC. Uh, and just her weight class, 130... 100, what, bantamweight? Uh, yeah. But beyond that, honestly, like I said... Uh, Combat Odds HQ. Obviously, we're going to be up on Bleed's YouTube channel right after UFC Vegas 32 is over. Uh, the best bets will be on CombatOdds.ca in a couple hours with all the free picks. Uh, it'll be a full rundown of everything that I just said here. You got the best bets, $5 Canadian a month at Patreon. I got like nine best bets for tomorrow's card as well as the BKFC best bet. And uh, we're looking ahead. I got, you know, we got stuff for UFC Vegas 33. We got stuff for UFC 265. We got stuff for uh, some freak show boxing that's coming up. It's it's going to be a good one. We're looking ahead, just always looking ahead. And then, you know, we're looking ahead to these spots. You don't have to do the work. I got you. Some of these times you, you might be able to get plus money and the fight closes with plus money on the other side. That's the goal here with these look-ahead spots. And again, if you like what you see here with the StreamYard setup, $10 off with our StreamYard promo promo link that's here and in the description. And yeah, if there's not any more questions, I'm going to head out. And uh, yeah, catch us tomorrow night right after the uh, UFC Vegas 32 post-fight press conference hopefully dana talks hopefully dana talks but besides that uh that's when we'll see us next thank you guys so much for tuning in and i'll be back next friday i'll try to be back during the weigh-ins but uh it's it's just tough technically i don't want to i can't show it just yet i'm working on that we'll get to that point where i can show the weigh-ins and we break it down as they're coming to the scale. But for now, I think it's better just as a reaction show. Uh, do I think Nunes beats Pena? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%.
I don't think uh, I think I don't think Pena. You know, Pena got didn't Pena got guillotined by Jermaine Durandamine, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I think uh, it might be another non-event. Nunes needs to Nunes needs to either fight Shevchenko again. She, she's got to either fight Misha Tate, which is an intriguing matchup, but who knows exactly how uh, um, how competitive that's going to be. We're kind of weighing Misha Tate's performance against a 44-year-old fighter. Beyond that, though, I think N- Amanda Nunes is in a class of her own at 135 pounds. Uh, I don't think Kayla Harrison's coming to the UFC anytime soon. So, yeah, do I think Nunes beats Pena? Absolutely. Is there any value betting on it? No. Uh, fight goes the distance? No, probably. There might be, there's probably some value on that. I don't know if those odds are out yet. We'll take a look at that pretty quickly. Thanks for the question, BP. Uh, let's take a look at that before we get out of here. Uh, I have all the odds for the entire UFC 265 card on combatodds.ca. A couple good spots here. See a man in minus 750 favorite. Under one and a half rounds is at minus 145. Fight goes to distance, no, minus 560. So, yeah, no, uh, just no value there. Uh, Fight won't start round two. Plus 172. That's pretty interesting. Fight starts round two. No. Plus 172. That's a good one. Uh, Last one. Carolina Kovacavitz. Is that who you're talking about? She opened as a minus 180. It'll be Pickham. Everyone is going to est- underestimate her as she is on a four fight skid. Uh, elaborate, brother. A <clears throat> little bit of live handicapping here. Got to take my dog for a walk in a very short moment. But. Uh, yeah. Tune in next Friday. I'll be here again. And then on Wednesday, Wednesday nights, probably about uh, in between, I'll start in between 10 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. Eastern. We got the Q&A, same set, setup as this, probably about an hour, taking questions about anything, the upcoming fight week, and then also the uh, um, anything, anything that comes up. But uh, BP, you're confusing me here. Let me just verify this before I get out of here. I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting something. <clears throat> so her last win was against Sarah McMahon on Abu Dhabi. But, yeah, I do remember that. Um, but she lost, she got choked unconscious to Jermaine Durandamine in her first submission win of her career. Uh 
Kovacavitz is on this card, though. Correct? Oh, Jessica Penne. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, BP. My bad. I got Pena mixed up with Penne. My bad, brother. Carolina Kovacavitz to beat Jessica Penne. Uh, honestly, I haven't broke. That's a pick em fight. So some steam has come in on Jessica Penne. That's interesting. I also saw uh, a fight that got added. They'll probably announce it tomorrow officially, but a fight that got added to this card, uh, Rafael Fasiv against Bobby Green. And uh, pretty funny, Fasiv opened as a minus 145 favorite, and as soon as the line came out, he got hammered, and he's now sitting at like minus 370. So the fun has stopped with the, the Rafael Fasiv train. And uh, so, yeah, BP, Carolina Kovacavitz open as a minus 180 favorite. It will be a pick em. Everyone going to underestimate her as she is on a four-fight losing skid. Jessica Penne, let me just break this down. Live on the air here. Yeah, Kovacavitz not, not – uh, Jessica Penne kind of had a, a, a fight against a can Lupita Gonines, a split decision. A split. Both these girls are coming off. Um, Kovacavitz has lost four in a row, and Jessica Penne has lost three of her last four. And her win against Lupita Godinez was who I've never heard of before. Sounds like uh, a, a debutante. Split decision win. So this is a this is classic loser leaves town, right? <laughs> to be honest. Okay, so yeah, last call for questions. I'm gonna try to wrap her up here, but yeah, honestly, this card tomorrow probably the best TV card of 2021. So we're gonna go through the whole card tomorrow the post show uh from top to bottom not just the main card all the prelims how could we not how you know there's this is uh yeah i'm pretty confident this is the best non-pay-per-view card of the year super excited for this so yeah guys uh i'm gonna get out of here thanks a lot for tuning in again combat odds hq at every uh, social media outlet, Twitter, Instagram, even on freaking TikTok. And uh, I'll put out my best bets and free picks at combatodds.ca later this afternoon, as well as the UFC betting trends for uh, tomorrow's fight night. And uh, yeah, Patreon, Combat Odds HQ, get all the picks, hit up that StreamYard promo link. And uh, yeah, guys, honestly, thanks so much for tuning in. Super, super appreciative. Every Friday afternoon, we're going to do this during the weigh-ins or just a little bit after the weigh-ins, however it works out. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Talk to you later, guys.